0: A couple of weeks ago, on our family holiday on the way up to Scotland, we stopped off uh, near Lancaster. And the hotel was next to a canal. And the other side of the canal was a field which had cows. And... There was part of the canal that was a little bit wider and a little bit, not a straight bank like your usual canal, but a little bit kind of further over into the cow's field, and there was a gap in the hedge. And the cows would come down and drink from the canal. Now, probably Thursday, it was quite a hot day actually. Um, and they would get this lovely, refreshing drink. Not that Canal waters my favorite beverage. But they seemed to enjoy it. They came, they had their drink, and we saw them a number of times um, during, uh, during the evening and the next morning, coming to that particular spot to get their drink. Well, the Pharaoh's dream... Features cows that had probably gone down to the Nile for a drink, or perhaps even to cool off in the water of the Nile itself. Rather like uh, the mud mud-seek, the seeking hippopotamus of the Flanders and Swan song. You know, you go to the river to get cool to be refreshed. But none of the soothsayers, the magicians, the so-called wise men could interpret why these cows were there or what would happen to them. Fat and thin cattle, nor the corn in the second dream. The dreams had given the Pharaoh a troubled mind. He felt there was some impending doom, something was grabbing hold of him. But he didn't know what. It is normally the strong which exerts its will on the weak. And as the king of a strong country, as the most powerful person in a powerful nation, he would know that he's the one that's used to trampling, to eating, to taking over the weaker one. But that's not what happens in the dream. And so the dream leaves him worried. How can the thin eat the fat? For this dream to remain not understood would have resulted not simply in a troubled Pharaoh, but it would have led to disaster for the nation. There was a serious message there. But it had to be picked up and heard and understood and acted upon. And so, actually, although what we go from at the beginning of the passage, a worried Pharaoh who has only had a dream, when we get to the end of the passage a pharaoh who has heard that there's going to be a time of seven years where there is potentially famine in the land, the pharaoh actually seems quite happy, relatively assured, because the dream has been interpreted, but also, more importantly, there is a plan in place for what is coming next. He is positive, because although there is a great concern, there is also a great hope. God has provided a way forward. People without hope are like people without a shepherd, going in different directions, unsure of their purpose, living in danger. In the world, we might see much that scares us. We might see the sabre rattling between North Korea and Donald Trump. The terror attacks of the past week in Barcelona and Taruk in Finland. The attacks earlier in the summer in Manchester and London. The Grenfell Fire the rise in the states, it would seem, of white supremacists and neo Nazis. Concerns about the economy and what it might be post Brexit. There are many things, perhaps, in our personal life bereavement, unemployment, sickness. Our personal finances, future of education for our children, what will the schools be like, and so much more. But we must remember that although we have concerns, we are also people with hope, people of promise, people who are told to trust in the Lord because he is a God of love and wants the best for us. Like the Egyptian magicians, Joseph himself would have been incapable of interpreting the dream. But God gave the Hebrew man the ability to say what the message was and the faith to trust That this was the message. Before giving the interpretation, before hearing the dream, Joseph is saying that God will give the answer, God will give a path forward, God will bring hope. Joseph knows that the dreams came from God, and he wants the Pharaoh to fully understand that and to fully understand what is happening. Not simply that there will be good years followed by bad, but the God who is all-powerful is providing this revelation. And God doesn't just give the picture to give the picture He gives it so that there will be hope in the way ahead. Joseph says, God will give Pharaoh the answer. That's verse 15. In 25, we hear him say, God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. He repeats that in verse 28. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. And then again in verse 32, the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. Joseph is telling the Pharaoh that God has a plan. Things are going to happen. God is in charge The Pharaoh would have been considered not simply a king, but a a form of God among his people. Yet Joseph, who's just been brought up from the jail, given a bit of a wash and a clean set of clothes so that he's not so smelly anymore and able to stand in the presence of a king, is able to stand there and declare that there is one more powerful than the Pharaoh. You might be the king, but somebody else is in charge, and you have to listen to him. There is one more powerful, one that can do things that us mortals cannot, the God who created all. Joseph had been given a very specific opportunity to share something of his faith. To stand there and say, I can interpret dreams not because I can do it, but because God gives me the answer. There is a great God. He's given that specific chance to do it. But there are times we are given opportunities with family, with friends, with neighbors, with colleagues, with people that we meet. And we have to decide, do we keep the mouth shut? Do we talk of something that's uh, inconsequential, like the weather or what we had for tea last night? Or do we share something of our great hope? the hope that we have in Jesus. We have an invitation to a feast, a mighty banquet that is with the Lord. But sometimes we allow them to face famine. There is a great opportunity, there is a great chance, a great hope, a great life that is possible. But we don't always give that chance, that hope, that life to others. Joseph says what God can do. Joseph proclaims that there is a mighty one. The Pharaoh doesn't convert. He doesn't convert his nation. But Joseph takes the chance to talk about God. And how hope comes from the Lord. But Joseph also doesn't stop at simply saying what the dream is. That's all the Pharaoh asked for. Tell me the dream. What does this dream mean? Joseph's done that. But he goes further. He says the dream means this there's got to be a famine, there's got to be good years, then famine. But he pushes it further. He starts to recommend a plan of action that is to be adopted by the Egyptians. The quantities that are to be set aside are not in the dream. The idea of appointing somebody in charge and a set of commissioners are not in the dream. The idea of building storehouses, of keeping this corn for future years, is not in the dream. But Joseph takes the dream and pushes it forward. And he says, we've had the dream. Now we need action. We have the dream. We have to do what's next. And you say, it's no use simply saying, we're in a good place. We have to respond to what is actually there. And the Pharaoh takes notice. He has been given notice that there's years of plenty and warning of the years of drought. And so he will respond. And it's a message that has to be heard by all in the land, even those that are in that area next to the Nile, which was the lifeblood of the country. those in the fertile floodplains will suffer and die if nothing is done. And so the Pharaoh will act. But I do wonder if there's times where we are complacent, complacent with our faith, not thinking of the future. how will people in seven years' time or 70 years' time come to hear of the Lord if we are not sharing the story today? The story of who God is and what he does in our lives. In the Linfield churches, we are living in a time when there is still plenty. We are in that time Of the seven good cows. I'm not saying that it's seven years, much longer than that. But what difference have we seen in other churches in the land? Many churches during the 20th century failed to go and make disciples, they'd failed to proclaim. With both word and deed, that God brings hope. And so, for many in this country, church is seen as an irrelevance. And as a result, those churches are now facing the years of being skinny cows. There's famine. We must not fall into that same trap. But we need to tell of our hope, not only the hope of eternal life, but also that we have a hope in God who is with us each day, the God who knows us, who loves us, who longs for each and every one of us to thrive, that we may know life in all its fullness There is a warning in the dreams, But what Joseph brings is the need for action. It will require administrators and greenhouses. It will need a nation that will accept the idea of rationing. Because the amount being stored is only 20% of the harvest which means when it comes to the next seven years, the amount able to come out of the grain stores is only 20% of what a normal harvest might be or a rich harvest might be. A meager quantity, but hopefully sufficient to survive. Sometimes our dreams are difficult to turn into reality. We have this vision for what we want to do. But there needs to be the practical term that we need to sort out. Probably some of the Egyptians queried the idea of storing up the grain. Others probably wanted to eat it in the very first year of famine. Or certainly within the first two or three years. But They had seven years to go. But if the Egyptians had been complacent in the good years and not followed Joseph's advice, they would not have survived those seven years. God has given direction. Doesn't mean that the journey is easy. It means that there is a journey to be gone on and that we'll come out the other side. The journey of God's people is often painful, and it often takes a long time. But it is the the path that needs to be followed to avoid greater sorrow. God knew there would be a famine but he has brought forth the right person at the right time to bring aid to the people of Egypt. And also, as it will turn out in the story in Genesis, it allows the survival of the children of Israel, who must, in their famine in Canaan, head south to Egypt To be fed. The overall story is not ending at the point of thin cows eating fat cows. It is not of the ugly beasts that wouldn't normally live in Egypt being common. The story is of God being a provider who gives the way ahead. God has a love for the people of Egypt. That they do not know of him, that they do not know his love, is sad. But that does not change the fact that he knows them and loves them. Many in Linfield do not know God. They do not know God's love. But God knows them. And God loves them. The challenge is for us to see God's plan for our setting. To discover and put into action how God wants us to refresh and feed the people of this village. So that the kingdom may grow. Returning to what I saw on holiday the canal is wide. There is a great resource. But I wonder here in Linfield is there a gap in the hedge for access? Where? will the people drink. Amen.